Hey guys, welcome to the Tower of Babel Game of Thrones Breakdown. Uh, today we'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 1, Two Swords. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Daniel D'Souza. Say what's, what's up? up. And uh, I'm Julian. And for those of you who have uh, just joining us for the first time, this is a Game of Thrones podcast, obviously, but we're dealing with the show as a show and not as uh, the books. So I've never read the books. Daniel, you have. Yep. Um, but we're not going to do any spoilers <coughs> for future episodes of Game of Thrones, because if you do, I will murder you in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good thing we got that out of the way, but um, just a couple more uh, housekeeping things. Uh, make sure to, um, obviously, if you have not listened to us on iTunes, subscribe and rate us on iTunes or Stitcher. Um, check out our website at Game of Thrones, or sorry, not Game of Thrones, uh, com. That's B-A-B-B-L-E uh podcast.com so now we got all that out of the way we can jump right into this episode because damn was i excited to get back into game of thrones it's been months and months and months and uh it it didn't disappoint but it wasn't um definitely wasn't one of the best episodes of the series but well, no, uh, it wasn't it wasn't huge there were no real like gigantic game changers but no. uh, it was really kind of touching base with everybody after almost everybody almost everybody we left out stannis and melisandre and them i think mm-hmm. um I, I said this when I tweeted out after the um, after the after the episode, which by the way, the Twitter for uh, Tower Babel is Tower Babel Cast at Tower Babel Cast on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I tweeted out that uh, it was just a lot of table setting, um, kind of yeah. putting things, uh, reminding us where people are and what they've been doing. I think, <clears throat> which is necessary as a television show, which kind of but kind of sucks um, that it needs to be done. Um, I think this was if this was done uh, as like a as like a Netflix series, uh, not that they would have the same budget or anything like that, but you wouldn't necessarily have to do that kind of resetting and all that kind of stuff. You could just continue the story, like kind of like how um, House of Cards does it, where yeah. season two picks up literally minutes after season one, and they they, they don't um, bother trying to catch you up to where everything that's happened, right? Um, so I don't I don't necessarily appreciate that, but I, I understand its necessity. Um, so, but we did start with a cold open which uh, only happens once in a while on Game of Thrones. I think only a few episodes have had it. Obviously, the I most... Think, I'm pretty sure the first episode of every season does it. I don't know if, this, I don't know if last season did. Um, but every, other, than, other than last season, I'm pretty sure one and two did, for sure. One for sure did, because that's the most memorable one in, in my mind with uh, the White Walkers <laughs> mm-hmm. sending all that stuff up at the very, very, very beginning of the series, uh, the series premiere. Uh, but this one started with uh, showing Ned Stark's broadsword called ice right that's what he named it yeah um being melted down uh into not one but two new swords uh one for jamie and then one presumably for joffrey although we don't see him get it in this episode right yeah um so the big deal here is that uh it's valyrian steel right so dan can you can you tell us why valyrian steel is so important Well, it's it's essentially like it's the, one of the few Valyrian swords that are left in the world. They're very rare after the Doom of Valyria. So that Valyria is where the Targaryens and the dragons and most most of the magic in the world is from. Okay. So it's said that Valyrian steel is also infused with certain types of magic. It's stronger than regular steel. It's sharper. It doesn't dull. They're just badass swords. Okay. And they said they did say that there's only a few um, smiths <clears throat> left in Westeros that could. Um, work with Valyrian steel, right? See, he's, I think he said there's only three left in the world, not okay. in Westeros. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, like I think at one point each of the, the main houses had a family sword that was Valyrian steel and a lot of them have been lost. There aren't too many left. Uh, John's sword that the Lord Commander gave him is also Valyrian steel. Oh, okay. 
So the, wait, the so Lord Commander gave him that. I thought he got that one from his from his father. No, or am I remembering yeah. that wrong? Yeah, the Lord Commander gave it to him instead because his son Jorah uh, was yeah. exiled, right? Yeah. Okay, then that's the one with the cool white like lion thing or something on the, the top. Bear, yeah. bear. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the scene is it, it pretty short, but the reigns of Castamir is playing behind it, which is in a very <coughs> slow, um, somber kind of way, uh, very reminiscent of the Red Wedding from two mm-hmm. episodes ago. Um, but other than that, um, it and Tywin's right... just smiling over the edge. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it very creepy, and he even throws a, a like a wolf's pelt. In there, which we assume is the one that he that Ned always wore around his neck. No, that I guess. was the that was the sheath. That was uh, ice oh, okay. Oh, that's what that. Okay. Um, I, I like that he called it later. Uh, ridic- or was like ridiculously big or uh, yeah, unnecessarily Absolutely. large. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, it moves right into the opening credits, which are still the best credits on television. Sure. Uh, but we got two new locations: the the Dreadfort and Marine. Right. That's what it's how it's pronounced. Marine. <clears throat> Yeah, and neither one of them are actually in the. Episode. Yeah, which is weird. It's like they add, they added them in. I think that's a problem. One of the first times that's happened. Um, yeah, I thought it was weird too. The thing that's weird, could, uh, the Dreadfort was mentioned last season. Mm-hmm. Marine was mentioned in this episode, but it hasn't been beforehand. But so Marine was mentioned because Daenerys is on her way between Yonkai and Marine. She's mm-hmm. freeing slaves and doing her thing. That one kind of makes sense. The Dreadfort. That's where Theon is right now, but neither him nor Ramsay nor anybody connected to that story was in the episode. Yeah. Well, um, and I think it's almost impossible to touch on absolutely everyone. Yeah, maybe. sure. I but, just don't know why they introduced that into the title sequence so quickly. Uh, well, I guess because like we know because they they dis- they talk about um, they talk about uh, what's it not Ramsay's dad? What's his name? Bruce, um, Bruce, Bruce Bolton. Bolton. They they mention him. They don't mention the Dreadfort in this episode, but they mention Bruce Bolton being the Warden of the North now. <coughs> so they yeah. they show the Dreadfort and they move right into showing the um, dismantled. Uh, um, Winterfell, which is, it's still smoking, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess that just to give um, context, I guess. But either way, it's yeah, just it's weird to show it yeah. and then not have it seen. Although well, yeah. it has technically been seen just from the outside mm-hmm. once before. No, only from the inside. I think. No, no, no. From the, they showed it from just the very, very like just the wall of it. Remember when he mm-hmm, like, they, mm-hmm. like they pretend to let him escape. Okay. Yeah, I guess that was technically the Dreadfort. I just you just didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, we got it starts with again King's Landing, and we have Tywin and Jaime discussing. Um, uh, he's getting the new sword, obviously. Uh, but I saw someone online uh, make a mention that saying giving a new sword to someone who just lost their sword hand is like giving <laughs> someone a new pair of uh, boots to someone who just lost their leg. Yeah. Um, which I, which I, which I have to agree with. That's kind of like it's a little harsh, kind of funny. Um, I think Tywin had planned on doing that before he yeah. knew that Jamie lost his hand. Yeah, um, and it is kind of more symbolic than anything else. And well, and I was like, this thing is, like, unless swords are like um, hockey sticks, and only they're like you know, if you're right, if you have a right-handed sword, it can't be used in your left hand, which I don't think is true. So. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he when he gets the um, metal hand, which I'm jumping ahead a little bit, he gets that gold hand placed over mm-hmm. his like his stub. That he's like a hook would be more practical, which I thought would be funny. Which I thought was funny. And when he waved with the uh, with the arm at the end, that was pretty good too. Um, uh, okay, so but then, yeah, Jamie refuses Tywin's order to go back to Castle Rock, and to he chooses to actually keep his oath to the the Kingsguard. Well, he and makes a mention that, that every time they ask him to break an oath, uh, he they ask. 
him to break an oath um, for the betterment of the family, he ends up being called like an oath breaker or a kingslayer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this time, for the first time, he says no, but it's really just a selfish reason reason because he just wants to stay closer to uh, Cersei, right? Well, that's part of the reason, and and Brienne is kind of getting to him like that. What he went through actually changed him more than just physically. Like he he. A, that's the first time he's ever, like, said no to his father like that. Mm-hmm. And it's the first time he's actually considered his honor, whatever remains of it. Yeah. Well, and then he's, you know, the, the old Jamie probably wouldn't have even kept um, her around. Um, mm-hmm. So that's got to that's gotta mean something, right? So I, this, this scene's great. Obviously, any scene with Tywin is great because he's just so... Absolutely. He, he's just so badass. Um, uh, but... What really stuck out to me was the scene with him and Cersei, which I don't know, I don't think, which I think comes later. I'm not sure if yeah. it's uh, it's like halfway through some point. But uh, and that ha- that has uh, the disgraced um, what's his name? They have it written down here. Uh, do 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 do. Um, anyway, it has that that the disgraced Meister Kyburn from Harrenhal, which I which is uh, you have these these small characters brought like brought back and just thrown in there. You don't even know, you don't even barely even notice them. <clears throat> Well, he came back with Jamie and Brienne. Really? What? Which, yeah, he he, <clears throat> he came back with both of them after they left Harrenhal. Oh, he, right. He's the one who like fixed Jamie's hand and and well, not fixed it, but like tended to it, and you know. Yeah, and then they they yeah okay that makes sense. Um, and do we ever did we ever find out last season why he was not a Meister anymore? Or did they just kind of they kind of mention it as he's talking to Jamie, <clears throat> um, that he used to like to experiment on the dead. Ah, okay. He, he justified it by saying, like, you know, you want to know, find out what happened to these people. You got to find people who are really sick and are going to die anyways and mm-hmm. kind of run these experiments. So that makes is, sense. Yeah. So he's kind of crazy. He's oh. like the mad scientist kind of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. J- uh, Tywin asked Jamie to go back to Castle Rock to kind of like man the fort, I guess, right? Uh, Dude, yeah. What, like, what, what does that mean? Like, so you'd have to leave the King's Guard, right? Yeah. Uh, or be honorably discharged. Joffrey would have to, yeah. Yeah. And then he would go back and what be like the essentially the what the warden of the south, warden of the west of the west. Okay. And you just <laughs> kind of sit sits there and deals with whatever is going on. Well, yeah, because there's a lot of stuff going on there as well, just with their bannermen. And Tywin's very obsessed with his legacy, right? Yeah. And Cersei can't, and Tyrion isn't worthy in his eyes. So Jamie's his only hope, and it would, like Jamie was never supposed to be a Kingsguard in Tywin's eyes, and they. Eris did that to keep Tywin from going to war against him because then he could just have to get Jamie killed. Oh. Mad King appointed Jamie to that Kingsguard. It was a whole thing. But like <clears throat> yeah, so he appointed Jamie to the Kingsguard so that he would have Jamie close to him. That way he that way Tywin wouldn't betray him. Okay. Well that seemed to, didn't seem to work out very well for no, uh, it, for like, him. Yeah. <laughs> um so they're moving on. Uh, we have Tyrion uh, with Bronn, and they're waiting for the Dornish to arrive. And we have yet to see any Dorn, uh, Dornish people on the show. I mean, maybe we have, but never any significant ones yeah. of any yeah. kind. Um, so we have, they're waiting for Prince Doran, right? Um, yeah, Prince Doran Mattel. And, but it turns out he's <laughs> not coming because he's sick, quote unquote. Yeah. Called in sick. Um, and they're they're on their way for Joffrey's wedding, right? Yes. Um. And then we, so we find out that the Prince Oberyn, um, Martell, mm-hmm. the second son of, uh, the, the big Dornish family is actually the one, uh, who's in King's Landing and actually came the day before. Um, 
it's just it's a funny it's more of a funny scene than anything else uh with braun making cracking some jokes as he usually does um yeah braun's got some great quotes yeah as what does he say about his uh diplomacy um but it like it's either way uh Tyrion kind of gets um Apparently the Dorns don't like the Lannisters very much is really what is what I got out of this episode. Well, I mean, not a lot of people like the Lannisters, but the Martells especially have a reason not to, as mm-hmm. o- Oberyn explains later on in the episode. Which I'm for sure going to have to ask you about because I'm not super clear about <laughs> that whole thing. Um, so then that next scene is in the brothel. Um, when, like <clears throat> pretty much every episode of Game of Thrones takes place, at least one scene in a brothel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the so, obligatory tits and ass. Yeah, so we have... Um, we have Oberyn, the manslat Oberyn, which they they yep. call it. What he's been known is that what he's for? Called? <laughs> well, essentially, what do they say? Known for for uh, for fucking every his way every, through Westeros or something like that. Yeah. Very passionate person <laughs> is what his the the actor described him as. Okay, um, so in this scene, there's something that stands out uh, for me. Uh, first thing is that uh, Tyrion, well, other than <laughs> the obligatory tits and ass, yeah. Okay. Um, was that Tyrion turned down sex for the first time in this episode? He, nor like if you were to plot an arc for him, he's literally completely different than he was at the beginning of the series. Yeah, um, he turned down sex at the brothel, and then he does it again later in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. And he he didn't it wasn't even painful for him to turn it down at the nope. brothel. Just, would, like, great, like, no, I'm married, he can't. shakes his head no, and LeBron's shaking his head yes, which is <laughs> which is great. Um, so we see Oberyn essentially stab, well, not essentially, he stabs uh, a Lannister through the hand at the um, at the brothel. Yep. He does no patience for Lannisters, obviously. So can you explain <clears throat> why okay, that well, is? Well, he explains it to Tyrion later on when they're mm-hmm. talking. <clears throat> it's, it's a little bit complicated, but Oberyn Martell and Doran Martell's sister, Elia, was married to Rhaegar Targaryen. <laughs> what? What? Okay, start over. What? <laughs> okay. Oberyn's sister, okay. Elia, was okay. married to Rhaegar Targaryen, who's the son of the Mad King, okay. right? Okay. Daenerys' older brother, not Viserys, but the older, the elder brother, okay? okay? He's the one that Robert killed at the Battle of the Trident. Okay. Right? Okay. So they were married, and they have kids together, and they're a happy little family, but Rhaegar wasn't in love with her and actually fell in love with someone else. Okay. Who I think I don't know if they've done it in the show or not, so I don't know if I want to tell you. Okay, or not. so it's, leave not it, a, it's not a huge deal actually, but whatever. But just don't. Anyways, if you're not sure, don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falls in love with someone else, and that, that whole thing happens, and that's what starts the war. Actually, no, they definitely have said it in the show because that's the whole reason the war starts. The person that he fell in love with was Lyanna Stark, which was Ned's sister. Oh, okay. Is that the and crazy I, one from the? Uh, from what? is that the crazy? No, she wasn't in the show at all. No, she's not in the show she at all. She was dead before the show started. Okay. Okay. She's the one that Robert was also in love with. That's why the war happened. Oh, okay. Robert was in love with her and Rhaegar stole her. And then they went to war and he killed her. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, the reason that the Martells are mad or that they hate the Lannisters is because during the sack of King's Landing in that war, when the, the Lannisters came through the gates pretending to be friends and then ended up sacking the city, <clears throat> they had Lannister men and he named the mountain specifically um, we haven't who, seen in a while, by the way. Yeah, exactly. He's been out in the Riverlands doing his own thing. But the Mountain and his men sacked the city and uh, raped and murdered Elia and just and killed the children. So his niece and nephew. Yes. Okay. And it's like it's also like it, it's very brutal the way they, they, the kids were killed in the books. It's much more descriptive, but it doesn't matter. It's just they were like. Ripped well, I think he says that he cut him like vertically, <laughs> like 
through well, it says, the sword. It, the book says that the the daughter Rainus, the elder daughter, was stabbed something like thirty times, like oh. a, a ridiculous and, amount. And this is like a well known, like people yeah. that we know this for a like, fact happened. Well, these are all rumors, but they are so well known that like everyone like in Dorne or mm-hmm. people in the north still know them. Like everybody is aware of this. It's, it's it's it might as well not be a rumor, but it is. It's not official. Okay. So, yeah, so there's the, no way to know for sure. The toddler, but... the toddler was stabbed a bunch of times, and the baby was his head was smashed into a wall. And then the mountain raped Elia while the brains of the baby were still on his hand, and then cut her in half with his sword. Hmm. Okay. So it's very gruesome. And very... That is uh, that is pretty yeah. okay. So that makes sense. He does, that makes so perfect sense why he doesn't like him. Exactly. Um. So Oberyn's kind of like a wild card at this point. He's in the he's in the city, a uh, little bit crazy. Um and does not like Lannister. So that I mean as a as a fan uh as probably perspective of most people on the show most people don't like Lannisters including the people who watch the show yeah. um or most of the Lannisters anyway. Um so having someone who dislikes them as much as the most of the people who are watching obviously automatically puts them like him on your on their side um even though he does seem a little bit uh, nutty, you know? I don't know. He seemed pretty cool, but <clears throat> The only thing is that he's going to be a headache for Tyrion, and a lot of people like Tyrion. Yeah, and he's he's considered a fan favorite out of the books, right? Oberyn. Yeah, he he's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the um, other thing that's not mentioned. I don't know if they will or not, but the the Dornish, the Martells also don't like the Tyrells. The oh really? It's <laughs> a good, what a great wedding. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. Okay. Um. So then we can go talk about what's going on in Essos with Danny, uh, with Marine, but. This to me was the weakest part of the episode. Um, yeah, it it had shades of season two boring Danny um, a little <laughs> bit. Um, just where dragons are a little bit bigger. Well, obviously we get the obligatory dragons being cool dragons shot of them eating yeah. like a goat or something. Yeah. Um, we see her kind of like try to touch like Drago and then snapping. Drogon. Yeah. Dro- is that Drogon? That's what it's yeah. called. Okay, so the dragon, but. With it like a dots on the O, or how do you spell that? Well, with O's, an O instead of an A. Oh, okay. Dogon. Oh, okay. So they just replaced, they switched the O and the A. It's she named it after Drogo. Yeah, I know, I get it, but it's like essentially dragon, but will you switch the O and the A? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. But yeah, she's like she's kind of not. She's losing control of her dragon, yeah. especially Drogon. He's more willful than the others, and she she. Is it's kind of scared? She can't control him, and they're still getting bigger, and they're only going to get bigger. Yeah, it's like grown so big since the, even the, like the last episode of the, <laughs> the whole last thing about season, dragons. It's only been weeks. The whole myth about dragons is that they they only they'll grow as large as you let them. If you keep them in a small room, they won't get as big. But if you if they're out in the open all the time, they'll just keep growing. Hmm. Okay. Like lobsters. <laughs> like what? Lobsters are, are like that. I'm pretty sure. Oh really? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Lobsters I don't growing. think you get Dan. I don't think there's any giant lo- lobsters out there in the sea. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I think lobsters are immortal too. I'm pretty sure that's also not possible. They only die from like diseases, but and like by being fished. But if if uh, <laughs> if they didn't get any diseases, they'd live forever. They don't. They don't have old age or whatever. That does. How's that? How's that possible? I don't know. Look it up. I'm gonna look that up. Look it um, up. Do it later, though. That doesn't but, sound okay. I'm not obviously not now, but that doesn't seem to make look it any up. sense. Lobsters are immortal. <laughs> All right. Um, so we have. Uh, okay, so Dario and Grey Worm are having a bet who can hold their sword longest. I guess. Yeah. Uh, kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> again, this whole this whole thing, uh, this whole series of events with uh, with Danny are seemed just filler we need to see dragons so we need to have something there until the end until they see that little yes. flake girl but 
obviously we have to mention that Dario, uh, Dario Naharis was recast, mm-hmm. uh, from last season played by, uh, uh, Ed screen, I think last season now, Mikael Huseman or Huseman. All right. Anyway, this season, they it's could not look, change, yeah. they could not look more differently. And they're and not only that, the characterization seems to have completely changed. Yeah, they act a bit different too. Which is, it's like, if you didn't have a hard enough time trying to keep up with who all the people were in the show, <laughs> they just made it even harder by changing characters. It's like, the last time they did this was with um, with some minor characters. There's characters we've only seen like once before, yeah, like barely. Yeah, yeah and, we, and then we <clears throat> came back later as a bigger role, but they recast him, which is fine. Yeah. But this, and- he had a pretty large role at the end of last season. And it wasn't like a while ago, it was last season. Well, and I, now mean, I don't know what happened. This- I don't, I'm pretty sure the mountain has been a different character every time he's been in the show. I didn't act rather. <laughs> well, maybe that's why they've been keeping him out because they don't have someone to play uh, to play him. We haven't seen him in probably a season and a half, maybe longer. Um, he's in this season and he's jacked up. Go look up the, the actor. He's huge. <laughs> okay. I thought, well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, his brother's yeah. huge. By the way, try pronouncing his name, um, the guy who plays the Hound. Like the actual actor's name? The guy who plays the Hound or the Mountain? Because the Hound is Rory McCain or something like that. Okay, well, maybe it's the Mountain. Um, but he's, I'm listing like the IMDb and his, uh, it's like, yeah, it's the, you're right, it is the Mountain. It's a uh, Gregor. Some like Icelandic name? Yeah, yeah. like Half Pure Huliosin Bjornsson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not even going to try with that one ever again. You'll, you'll never hear me say that name again on this, on this, uh, on this podcast. Um, so then we, and then you've mentioned it already, but the, when they're, uh, they see the crucified slave on the, on the trail to Marine, mm-hmm. um, one on every, how, well, by on, the way, how does he know that there's one on every mile marker? Do they, they have, check they all have, the way? Oh, they have scouts riding ahead. Like they have, do they, they have someone all, I mean, I just kind of, I know, I, I, I guess they can take a leak of faith. If there's after, after 50, yeah. they're probably yeah, like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, a slave on every mile marker pointing towards the city. Okay. Inviting her to come and Which is, fight them. you know, again, pretty gruesome. But after what we've seen on the show, actually feels pretty tame in comparison to what we've already seen. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, not only that, I also thought originally that it was just a statue. I wasn't sure at first uh, that it that was, was all actually a person. like gray and, and yeah. stuff. But yeah, no, it's, it's a little girl. And it's all because, like, Daenerys is all about freeing the slaves, so this is kind of spitting in her face. So, this is how mm-hmm. much we care about our slaves. Do they, people in Marine, not know she has dragons, or what's the deal with that? They do. <laughs> I know, but like, it just seems like antagonizing for no, <laughs> for no, re- like, good reason. Well, maybe they have reason to be confident. Well, they do have a giant pyramid there, right? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, back to King's Landing. Uh, we're still dealing with the fallout of the Red Wedding in some degree. So Sansa is obviously pretty depressed. Um, the last, the only thing we saw of that last um, uh, season was one scene of her sitting in a window uh, crying. Yeah. That's all we saw. So now she's sitting there. She won't eat. Um, you have Tyrion trying to comfort her. Uh, this scene uh, was good to me because I think Sansa actually, um, who's not usually the strongest actor um, on the show, uh, yeah. did a was did a fairly good job. Um, Tyrion obviously is always great. Um, talking about, uh, how he knew, uh, Rob and Catelyn thought that she ever really, she said she never met Rob or she never, is that what he never met? He Rob never yet. met Rob, but she's, but he's known Catelyn. Um, he's like, Oh yeah, but he wants, she wanted to, you know, hang me, but whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, I feel like all Sansa does is cry. It pisses me oh, off. Dan. 
it's understandable. <laughs> it's just annoying. In the I, books too, she's just annoying. Yeah, I know, but it's like, what can you? She's, <clears throat> she's literally she, from season one. She was annoying, but now like I feel like she has reason to be. Uh, she's just, yeah, I guess. Uh, she hasn't had opportunity for growth. Like, what is she? How and where can she possibly grow? She's been That's confined true. in King's Landing for so long now, not able to really be free. She is essentially a slave, for all intents and purposes. So, um, so. The scene fo- that follows, though, has uh, Tyrion uh, in his chamber, and then Shay. Everyone loves Shay, <laughs> um, and this is where he turns down sex for the second time. But now this time with his second wife, I guess. Yeah. Um, because it's too dangerous. Because yeah. Because he and he's been telling her this whole time that they can't, and now she feels spurned. By well, him. she and then she blames him for that whole scene in last the last episode of. Uh, uh, episode 10 of season three where um what's his name the bald guy Varys. Varys comes to her with that sack of diamonds and tells her to go to essos and buy a house um so she thinks that um or at least he i don't know if she thinks that anymore yeah, but she, she implies that Tyrion is, is behind that that he's trying to like subtly get her out of there yeah and obviously they she yells because you know which which woman doesn't when she's angry mm-hmm. um and then as Tyrion always usually is, he was right, and then you have uh, Cersei's spy out the out the door, um, or handmaiden, or I guess essentially a spy. Yeah. We find out that she comes later and tells Cersei about what happened. We don't know what they what he says, but you can assume that she overheard everything, and then was going to, which she probably is yeah. probably isn't good news for um, for Tyrion. Um, either way, I I just I can't stand Shay. I think she's. When I talk about you know uh, Sansa being a poor actor, Shay has got to be the weakest of all the car- uh, actors on the entire show. I her accent isn't believable to me. Her like she just she just comes off as being completely artificial, and I just I, I just don't like her at all. Um, I don't so, like her much either. But I so, don't know. I think uh, Yara's worse. Yara, Theon's sister. That one is is just so like day and night from the books. And just like so, like no emotive, like not. Well, yeah, and her and her motivations seem odd too. It's like the last that last in season three, uh, the last episode again. I keep referencing it again because it's the last episode, really. But um, <clears throat> uh, she she does this whole thing about he's my brother and I have to go save him. And it's like we didn't know sign that they, they had one scene together where they had like a heart to heart at uh, Winterfell before that, and then all of yeah. a sudden she's like, other than that, I, she was addicted. Yeah, yeah. So like, why do you give a shit? And then so it's like. I agree that um, her, the character, the characterization of uh, of Yara is is poor, but I don't I don't think she's a worse actor than than Shay is. Um, anyway, uh, the really the important thing is there that the that Cersei spy overheard that whole argument. Yeah. So then we have, like I said, then we have Jamie and Brienne. They're talking about um, Brienne reminding him about his his oath he had he made to Catelyn. So Dan, what was that oath again exactly, and why is that important? Well, originally his oath was that he would bring the daughters back to Catelyn and keep them safe. Catelyn's dead now. His oath is really just to keep them safe. Okay, so both the daughters though. Well, and he assumes I don't that know where Arya is. yeah, Arya is he assumes is dead. Yeah. Um, most people do. <laughs> and then we see um, um, S- Sansa, and she's like, running through the woods for some reason. It's that the seems God. weird to me. I, I guess she feels like she's uh, like uh, at risk of something. I'm not sure, but 
and she's confronted by um uh, Sir Dantos. Dantos, the the guy who got she saved at Joffrey's yeah. birthday, or name day as they call it there in uh, Westeros. <laughs> um, but it was, I thought that was a touching scene. It was uh, it was it was good to see him re- like touched on again. He's not just one like a once and gone. That's way, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming he's not going to play a very large part in the series, but it's just nice to see him back again. He's a drunk, obviously, because, like, what else is he going to be? Anyway, I thought that was just a nice scene. And he gave her some jewelry. Yeah, he's a drug he regrets. He's a knight without honor kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so we see, and we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get into it a little bit more. The the scene with Jamie and uh, Cersei. Did we touch on that earlier? Yeah. Okay. Um, So... They're sitting there after um, uh, Master uh, Meister Kyburn, uh, not Meister, but Kyburn leaves. Um, they're sitting there, and he's trying to like kind of rekindle the romance a little bit, right? Yeah. And she completely like rebuffs him, like, "No, get out of here," um, which is big for a couple of reasons. We know that like Jamie, for like we said, turned down the 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 job at uh, uh, Castle Rock because he wanted to be closer to Cersei. Um, he pretty much was like the only reason he was trying to get back to King's Landing was to be with Cersei again. Um, and then, and then you have her who's to him probably completely changed. She's drinking like every scene she's in, she has like three glasses of wine. Like, I don't know if you noticed that, like the scene she's talking with, uh, Tyrion for a couple minutes. She have it. She's having like, she has two glasses of wine and then she has the, there's the scene with him. He has another, she has another two glasses of wine in that one scene. So she's like, she's essentially a drunk. She's like depressed. And, uh, and then she, like, he just says like, you, you just took too long. And like, it's like, and like, you're going to see his like heartbreaking. Like, in yeah, fr- like he in did everything he could for her and then it wasn't enough. Yeah. And so, you know, we just seem to see how that like, like fast Jamie going forward, where's he, how's he going to rebound or if he will, or where it's like you know uh that's what i'm jamie's always been an interesting character i mean that scene with him and uh brienne last year in the um in the tub in the tub was or i guess what or that was like spa i guess yeah <laughs> uh was uh was particularly good like that was probably one of the best scenes of the whole season that's the thing about jamie um <clears throat> he hides it a lot he hides everything from everyone but he has a lot of insight especially into like the history <clears throat> of of that time of that war and and just like the way that he sees the world and the way everyone sees him, they, they don't they don't match up. And it's really cool when he actually you know opens up and talks about it. Yeah, and even here he doesn't really open up that much. He's just mm-hmm. kind of saying like, "Hey, listen, I was doing this all for you. You think I wanted to get captured? You know that wasn't like a part of the plan, yeah. obviously. And then you come and you tell me that you know that's not too bad. Like, so yeah. you don't really see much of his reaction to that. But I think we'll maybe see more of that next week, hopefully." Um, so then we go north, and we have Egret and the Wildlings, uh, still Tormund, south of the Wall. Uh, and then we Torment, I guess, is there, is there still as well? Torment Giants being, yeah. Yeah, and um, they're, she's <coughs> making arrows or whatever, and then they're joined by another group of uh, Wildlings. Daniel, can you explain who these people are? So these are the Fens. <clears throat> they're somewhat more militaristic than the other Wildlings. They, they actually follow orders, that guy that was in charge with all the weird shit on his face. Yeah. His name is Steer. He's the Magnar, which is their word for the old tongue for a king. Okay. I think it's king or whatever. He's the, he's the leader of the Fens, and they actually, like, will follow orders, whereas most of the free folk kind of just do their thing. Okay. Um, but they're also, they're a cannibal tribe from the north. 
they're they're supposed to not have ears because they're all frozen off from the frostbite. But whatever, that's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't. You kind of have to like. What are you gonna do? Cut people off people's have ears? To have ears. Yeah. Like... <laughs> but like the whole thing with the the, the wildling tribes is is that there's a bunch of different tribes. The Thens are one of the more powerful ones, and they the, the different tribes never really got along until Mance Radar united them. Mm-hmm. And he united them basically by saying, like, you're all going to die. If we stay up here, we can't keep fighting. We have to join up and get over there. So, okay. Thank you for explaining that. But my question is, so they talk about, or John explains a little bit later that um, their whole plan is that when the signal happens, they're going to attack the uh, Castle Black from both sides, right? Yeah. Um, but my question is, how big is this bonfire that someone on the south side of the wall could possibly see it? Well, it's supposed to be the biggest fire the north has ever seen. Yeah, but like... It's a, how big is the wall? Then? 700 feet tall. Plus it's on the top of a mountain? No. It's well, just... in the show, it looks like it's pretty much on the, it's like built on the top of a ridge plus, and then there's the, the wall and I, then you I got... Mean, yeah, in certain areas it is, yeah. Yeah, but so, but like, so still, like how, there's no, it doesn't seem possible to me. I guess we'll see, but like, yeah. I, it, the plan seems a little wishy-washy is all I'm saying. Well, they'll see the smoke maybe, I don't know. Yeah, okay, maybe then. That makes more sense. <clears throat> um do we have and we still do we have any idea uh, a, a general idea of how many actual um knights of the, of uh are actually on um castle at black, castle right black there's not a lot I, I don't know the number I, I know what it is in the books but it's less than the show it's much less than the show yeah it looks like 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 a skeleton crew up there yeah but it's less on both sides too because there's only what like like 40 of them south of the wall the wildlings yeah and then and then they have the giant ice wall on the other side, so that's not yeah. as, okay. <clears throat> but uh, th- definitely dwindling numbers. Definitely nothing compared to the hundred thousand that mm-hmm. Mass Radar has on the so other side. So we're talking about exactly. He's a, and um, so what you said that Stannis wasn't in this episode, which actually kind of was like a little disappointing to me because how you left Stannis at the end of last season was really mm-hmm. interesting to me. When um, Alessandra says, you know, that this war of five kings doesn't matter. It's five kings, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's the, the truers in the north. So he's like, okay, well, if that's the case, like, I want to know what that means. Like, is he going to send, is he going to get people up there? Like, what is that? So I don't know. Obviously not in time to prevent anything that's going to happen at Castle Black probably anytime soon because they're, so, they're not really close, right? Um, no, not at all. Uh, where they're on, where they're they're on, on Dragonstone, Dragonstone, which is which on... Is about, it's far south, pretty close to King's Landing. Okay. Okay, well then, either way, that there's just no way they could get there in time, even if they were going there. But um, I'm excited. I want to know more about what's happening with Stannis, um, somber Stannis, as I like to call him. <laughs> well, that'll most likely be next episode. We'll touch Hopefully. base with them. And I like to see what's going on. Obviously, like we're at we're north, we're at the wall right now, and we didn't see anything from um, uh, from Bran and what's going mm-hmm. on with him. But even then, that story is probably the least interesting. Um, yeah, least now anyway. Um, so. Castle Black, we have uh, John, who's apparently nicely recovered from his three arrows that he just got. It was just yeah, shot he healed with. up. Although that calls back to the <clears throat> scene earlier with Egret and saying that you know, with Tormund saying that you know, if he's still walking, it's because you let him. Yeah, she could have killed him easily, and she yeah. she knew what she was doing. Um, so, and he's kind of like on, I guess, on trial for breaking his oath or uh, for killing another. Um, for killing Corrin Halfhand and then yeah, breaking his oaths a couple times, <laughs> breaking so, an oath. Which I th- okay, so we have this kind of exposition scene where he pretty much explains everything that happened from season three, North of the Wall, um, and he's talking to Janice Flynn, 
right? Who's the yeah. exiled Kingsguard from way back? Like when did that season happen? two? That's like episode two of season two that he was exiled. Okay, some ridiculous like that. He's the one that betrayed Ned Stark, though. Like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and Tyrion's the one who banished him to the Night's Watch. So he finally made it. <laughs> it takes a while, man. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, so he, he makes it up, makes it up there, and they're all sitting there. And then you have um, Meister Amen, Amen, and he makes that nice comment about you know if we had. Uh, if we beheaded every every night of the uh, Night's Watch who uh, broke their vow or oath, we'd have uh, you know a, a castle manned by headless knights, yeah. which I thought was which was pretty was pretty good. Um, but either yeah. way, uh, he has that the scene is pretty much just an exposition scene. He's telling him everything that happened. Um, mm-hmm. John did find out about his brother's death though, um, kind of didn't really react to it in any significant way. Just kind yeah. of says, oh, I know, I was always jealous of him. <laughs> it so, kind of sucks, but like, it's, John's got other shit on his mind. Yeah, here. I know, I get it. But he doesn't really respond to anything ever, really. I don't know if you noticed that. It's pretty cold most of the time. Wow, well, he tried to leave the Night's Watch when Ned died. That's true. He, but he was always closer to his dad than he was to his brother. Yeah. Um. So, and then, like, not much happened there. You notice that, uh, that Sam has a little bit... Do we even see Sam? Yeah. Yeah, so he's there for a couple of minutes. Uh, he seems to have a little bit more uh, influence now than he used to, uh, at least at the, with the Night's Watch. I noticed that at the end of last season too, when he's like telling everyone to carry him in, and he's, he's he just seems to have. Um, yeah, well, he's he's bloodied now. He's been to the other side and come back. Yeah, did, they have to respect that. <clears throat> did they? Um, also, he's the only one that survived out of that party that went. That's that is true. That, yeah, so. Well, him and John. No, John didn't go with them. Didn't he? he? Went, Oh. Well, he went with them initially. Then he went with Corn Halfhand, and did their, their, yeah. Their thing, yeah, that was. A, but they went out initially together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so moving on. Um, only a couple of things left to, to touch on. Uh, Joffrey and Jamie. Um, so he's Jamie's talking about the the plan, the protection plan, uh, the Secret Service plan for, for the wedding. The yeah. wedding. Um, and what's interesting here is you actually see Joffrey being a dick to someone new for a change. Um, <laughs> Which he's pretty much been a dick to the same people for a long time now, and now Jamie's back, and he always thought he always seemed like he had some respect for Jamie to some degree, yeah. um, but he seems to I guess when he lost his hand, he's lost all respect for him. So um, they they were in looking at the White Book, mm-hmm. which is what the, the encyclopedia for the the Night's it's Watch. Just a, it's a book the, that kind of lists the like the the famous Night's. Well, it lists it's supposed to list every commander of the Knights of the King's Guard. Yeah, the King's Guard. I believe it's just the commanders, but I think in the show they just decided to save everybody who was ever in the Kingsguard. I think that'd be a pretty big book. I guess it was a pretty yeah. big book, but still. Yeah. And it just lists like their exploits and what they're famous for and, you know. Okay. On. And then his is just a half a paragraph. <laughs> he, yeah, he hasn't done much since he joined the Kingsguard. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, we touched on the Serdantos, so. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's obviously that's the biggest one. Um Arya and the Hound. Mm-hmm. Uh that's I guess but what the best scene would you say it's probably the best scene of the of the, of the episode? It was a good way to end it. Yeah. I think the scene with uh, Oberyn was my favorite, but that was good still. No, that was a good scene too, yeah. I that this was probably my favorite. Um So we have Arya and the Hound. They're I guess heading toward they're approaching an inn or a pub of some kind yep. uh, on in the kind of northern roads. Um and we and they come across a band of uh, I guess a bunch of 
um, of Lannister men. Yep. Particularly Polliver, who stole Arya's sword, Needle, back, um, I guess, at the beginning of season three. Or season, maybe even earlier. This is in season two. Yeah. Um, so, which is very convenient <laughs> that they would happen to stumble across them. But that there's a couple well, things that no, bother me about it. But the same, it's, That's the same area that all that fighting has been going on. They're kind of in the Riverlands still. Okay. They were just at the, <clears throat> at the Twins, and now they're on their way to the Eerie. So they're all in that same area where everything's been going down. Okay. Um, so anyway, they they come in there. They 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 head into the pub, um, and uh, so Polliver's uh, with a bunch of I guess a bunch of dicks because you know how we know they're dicks because they're raping some chick in the background. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then Polliver comes over and he and he essentially says, "Hey, I'm a giant dick," by like uh, by saying how much he likes um, raping and pillaging. People. Yeah. And. Um, and there's some great dialogue with uh, with the hound saying how much he want. He's like he's gonna have a chicken, and then he wants two chickens, then all the chickens, which I thought was really good. Um, but uh, so like the tension build up is really great in the scene. So they come in there and they sit down, and they're he's you know he's drinking or whatever, and he he recognizes him. Oliver recognizes the hound, but he doesn't recognize Arya, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as the scene continues, I guess uh, the tension grows and grows and grows. Then it finally spills over, and there's a, a pretty cool fight scene with the hound kicking ass again, well, although almost <clears throat> not. Well, it just goes to show like characters like the hound in the mountain and like Jamie Lannister, they're they're kind of looked at like superheroes, like they're invincible. But you know, five on one, the hound still you know he can't yeah. he hold his own against five guys that well, you know. Yeah. So that was cool. It was it was more realistic. He he was almost killed. He had to kind of adapt to that lots of punches lots of face punches which is cool which you know what i don't i don't like i hate actually and they didn't do it in this but it's just like a side note for a lot of action shows with swords is when someone punches someone with their sword hand with their sword in their hand but they use their fist to punch them (laughs) at all that happens a lot actually yeah think about it it's like you you catch their sword with your hand with your left hand and your right hand that is holding your sword instead of stabbing them punch them in the face head like yeah doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't think that happened. It was more his sword holding their sword, and then he just punched. Yeah. But, uh, as a side note, no, yeah. <laughs> just a just a general gripe with action movies. Um, <laughs> so then we go, uh, and then yeah. So th- we also see then Arya kill for the second time in two episodes now, and she the look on her face like she likes it. I don't know. Yeah, it she just, was enjoying that. You think? She she looked like she that was a brutal kill too. That was. was like well, that was the same way that he killed the Lamy. Okay, I'm surprised you, you remember the... that guy's name. By the way, <clears throat> there's a little uh, little thing at the beginning of the episode. I know, I, yeah, I did see that, but uh, I just didn't. I don't. I don't know if they showed that exact part. Anyway, yeah, that's that's how he killed Lamy, and so she killed him the same way, and like the same dialogue. Yeah, I don't know if he actually realized or not, but it didn't matter. If he did, she, if he she, did it would have been a little too late for that. But yeah, she looked like she enjoyed herself there. Either way, it seems like her um, depth, like her her, her uh, descent into like darkness, seems to be accelerating a little bit. Yeah. Um, and she does get her own horse, so that's nice. Yeah. And and also just that's one person off of her list that she keeps. Was saying. that on her list? Because yeah, Oliver was. I don't know if she ever said it in the show, but he is. He was. So in the book, Oliver isn't in, on on her list. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of names on that list. But in the show, it was only like a couple that she was naming off. Well, I think and in the Polver show, the time she's doing it, like she's always interrupted or she never finishes. Oh, okay. So it's like Cersei, the mountain, Joffrey, you know, like uh, Sir Ilan Payne for killing her dad. And then it's like, he's always kind of stopped after that. I think the tickler may have been mentioned once. Okay. 
So yeah, there's okay. That makes sense. I mean, that I know his name wasn't said on her list in the show for sure, but if yeah. it's in the books and it, then maybe she was. It just was never mentioned at some point. Yeah. Um. So that finishes off uh, this week. As we said, there's no Bran, no Theon, no Stannis. Um. But overall, what did how what was your thoughts on this episode? I liked it. I mean, like I don't know. <clears throat> Again, not not mind blowing. There were no huge uh, twists or whatever. But you don't really want that from the first episode. You know, you want it. It was kind of what everything you wanted from the first episode. You touch base with everybody. You 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 get a feeling for where everyone is and where they're going. Like you said, is table setting right? Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing with this season that for me, having read the books, is it really feels like it was more of a, a mid season finale last season like this is all still the third book this is all only halfway through the third book you know it's not at the climax yet so all this season is gonna be the second half of book three and the beginning of a little bit of book four in between so i'm very excited for where things are going oh and you're probably more excited than me because at this point i'm coming into this season saying a lot of this um show feels a lot different after the red wedding um as it should, a lot of the main characters that we've been following for three seasons aren't around anymore. Um, but yes, I have some idea where some characters are going and what's like, we're expecting Joffrey's no, wedding don't. soon. No, you don't. You no, don't no, no, I, no, no, no. That's not what I mean, Dan. You're confusing me. <laughs> I, I, based on what I've seen, I can, I can say, well, this is where this person is going and this is where this person is going for this reason or that reason, right? Yeah. Like I said, so you have Danny heading to Marine to free the slaves. You have... Okay. The red way you have the uh, the royal wedding coming up in um, in King's Landing, um, and in, I guess you have Arya um, heading where are they they're going to the Erie. They're going to the Erie. Okay, so and then at the wall they're preparing for the whole wildling thing. Yeah. But other than that, you don't have any like distinct. It's all kind of like big yeah, ideas. Very, yeah. Very, so you don't really have any distinct. This is what this person's trying to do. Or this is what this person's trying to do at a very minute level. Which I guess it's fine for a first episode, but if they don't start getting into it, I think um, that'll start bothering me. I think. Um, but yeah. other than that, um, I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it wasn't one of my favorites, but uh, I pretty much enjoy every episode. It was a decent mix. So there's a bit of action, and there was some there was some good dialogue and some good like foreshadowing. Yeah, it, I mean, it was the fact that the show is, but mm-hmm. just there was off, dragons. Off. Someone got stabbed in the throat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was some TNA, and then you know. Yeah, and then but each of those things has been better in another episode. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but again, I, I don't think there's any. I don't think any of the season like episode like season premieres have been particularly great, except for maybe the series premiere. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think. Yeah. Sorry. No, uh, I, I don't. I can't really remember what season three was. I know season two I didn't like, but. Well, yeah, I I I didn't really enjoy season two as a whole, to be honest. <laughs> uh, but um, either way, I think it. One down, nine to go. Uh, I'm definitely excited about um, where this rest of this is going. I mean, like you seem very excited. I don't have, like I said, I don't. I have some idea, but I have no idea. Like you I'm said. very excited because a lot of the 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 actors and the producers and stuff have been saying that they're the. <clears throat> You know, in every other season, episode nine has been the big episode, and it's yeah. always been kind of building to episode nine, and then episode ten deals with a little bit of the follow, and then the next season continues. You know, mm-hmm. this uh, this season is not like that. It's it's much less building towards one specific climax, as it's going to be a few steady episodes throughout. Okay. I'm pretty sure within the next couple episodes, they're they're planning, they're they're saying that it's going to be big. I don't know what that means. I mean, I do know, but I'm saying that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Either way, I'm excited. Um, I, I, we say that a lot. We're excited, yeah, but it's because we are. 
Yeah, we're uh, always excited about it. I, I, I don't care how shitty the show gets. I'm going to like it a lot. <laughs> well, I mean... To a certain extent. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, make sure to check out um, our website. Like I said earlier at the very beginning, uh, com. That's podcast.com. Um, you'll find... Um, this show there, you also find our other podcast there. So the Tower of Babel podcast, um, our um, what do you say, our our headline podcast, our, our yeah, yeah, our namesake, yeah, um, that, that would be original, yeah, that uh, that we do. So if you're interested in Game of Thrones, you might be interested, in, you know, in comic books, in, in movies, and all that other kind of stuff. So you might be interested in some of that. Um, so definitely head over there We're on uh, iTunes and Stitcher as well. So look up the Tower of Babel podcast. Um, but until then, uh, we'll see you guys next week um, at uh, when we talk about season two or season four, episode uh, two. Didn't you know what yeah. it's called offhand? No, I don't. All right, well, neither do I. So <laughs> we'll talk about it then. See you guys later. And a quick thanks to Srod Elminara for the cover of the Game of Thrones uh, theme today. It's the Game of Thrones rock slash metal band cover. You can find it at uh, youtube.com slash user slash Santiago S. Rod. So S-A-N-T-I-A-G-O-S-R-O-D.